Blair and Barker. We've just been having this music thing. Well, fi- finally, we stopped letting you pick the music. Right. That, that's exactly what the, 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 the situation here is, is whenever the music's bad, guess who picked it? Blue when Jay's, it's better? The Blue Jay stock music's fine. We, we, we are limited in our selection well, because of licensing regulation. I know, but I picked the Blue Jay stock music. It was good. It is good. Mm. We would not be I'd able, have to ask around to see if that's true or not. We wouldn't be able to agree in Sometimes music. Sometimes you'd stretch the truth when it comes to what no, you're picking never, and how the no, show is that's going. Just, that's entirely, entirely true. incorrect. That's entirely incorrect. Like when I lambaste you and I'm always right about the umpires. <laughs> yeah, how's that going? It's all the umpires' fault. Every day. We'll be every single day we come on this show. Uh, it's Blair and Barker. Hey, we've got tickets to give away today to see the Mariners on Wednesday, May 18th. Uh, we'll do that later on in the show. You're eligible if you're listening on Sportsnet 590, the fan watching on TV on 360. Or uh, if you subscribe to Z Podcast, uh, which you can do wherever you get your favorite pl- podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Jays have today off before they open a three-game series at their own house of horrors, the lovely Trop. Uh, Jays aren't very good right now. They well, they're not. <laughs> Lost five-three to the Yankees yesterday. Really, it's it's like rinse and repeat. It's the same story. We could go back and look at just about every game the Jays have lost this year and tell you the same story. Starting pitching was fine. Uh, bullpen, you know. Jays just couldn't get a, I mean, they just couldn't get a hit, again, with runners in scoring position. Their three RBI yesterday came in a fielder's choice and a couple of sacrifice flies. And uh, everybody ma- seems to be making a big deal about Vladdy snapping a bat over his, his knee. I loved it. Yeah, I, I about mean, time. people are saying, well, it's a sign. of course he's frustrated. The guy isn't hitting worth spit. Um, what do you want him to do? Walk around with his head down and act like he doesn't care? He goes over for four with three punches, which is not, not what he's doing. Yeah, I looked up his numbers. Yeah. I remember when I struggled, that's the first thing you do when you're struggling. You know, you, you walk around the house and you want to throw things. You call your buddy, you yell and scream at him. So if I was, if I'd have known you and I've been a player, I'd have been calling you, yelling and screaming at you because you would have been my buddy and I, I would have wanted to get it off my chest. I wouldn't and have listened. I would have hung I'd have been The first, no, you wouldn't. Sure I'd have would. called back. I would have came over I to your house, knocked on the door and made you listen. I would have done. While what... you're outside looking at the, at the, at the yellow robins and telling <laughs> your buddy exactly, yeah. If they're male Parker, or female. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I was sitting in the backyard yesterday watching the game, talking to Barker, and there were birds in the backyard. They were cardinals. And they were singing, and Barker got all excited about it. And, I, and he said, what color are they? And I said, well, the female cardinal's green and the male cardinal's red. And he didn't believe me. I said, well, go online and look. It's I, not like I, I made it up. Well, I, how did you know? Because I, because I, because I know. Because I've, because I've, cardinals, everybody knows no, that. They do? Yes. I mean, that, if, that you a female know, if, is green and a, and a if, male is red, if you'd Every, be, everybody knows that. If you'd be, right. if you'd spend more time learning to observe and love the birds as opposed to shooting them, that's a great you would, point. <coughs> you would understand it. Anyhow, that's a, that's a great point. Sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, I, I, I was, I was, you know, ever since we've been poking at Blatty a little bit, I, I went, okay, go I, ahead. I went, well, I went back and looked at some stats. May in nine games. You know what? You know he's hitting what? 
It's nine for 31. He's hitting 290 with two doubles, a homer, and three RBIs. I remember when I struggled, numbers didn't look like that. Runners in scoring position this year. He's hitting 333 with two homers, 13 RBIs. He has an OPS of 983. He's eight for 24. I do remember when I was struggling. And I would call my buddy with my numbers in my hand, walking around my house, yelling and screaming, trying to pull my hair out, figuring out why mechanically I just couldn't get it going and get in an athletic position and throwing my hands toward the baseball. And the baseball didn't go where I wanted it to go, which was a big part of the field, which is what I'd yell and scream about all the time. And then I went and looked up Blatty's stats. So what you're saying is Vladdy is... Maybe we should occasionally take a step back <laughs> and look and say, the dude hitting 290 in May in nine games. What's his chase like percentage? What's he chasing? I have no idea. That's that's Romano. Oh, that's Romano. Ah, okay. See, I was looking off your, your cheat sheet. Which is what you do normally. Which is what I do normally. Wait, I'm not... It's, okay. I'm it's rare not that I have to ask, well, what color is the bird? Why is it that color? What does that mean? And you have an answer for all three of those questions. I it's it's rare that that's the case. Usually you're looking at my cheat sheet, going, "Well, why does that say that?" And then you take total credit for it. Oh look, somebody's stumped and doesn't know what to say. I understand the frustration that everybody's going through because of the expectations with this team, and I'm one of them. And I said last night after the show that Vladdy goes, this team will go. If Vladdy doesn't go, this team will not go. And I'm going to stick with that. It's just obvious when he goes through some things, not hitting baseballs the way we expect him to always be hitting them. All I right. think we should take a, a little step back, and I understand where he wants to go and where he needs to go offensively for this team to do some things. But, man, you look at his stats and the way he's doing. Well, I'd I think love the, to be hitting 290. Yeah, I think my the, point. The, the, bigger, the bigger issue is that the runners in scoring position number even though, as we've said, I mean, you know, a lot of that you can lay at the feet of Matt Chapman. A lot of it, for a while, you could lay at the feet of Bo. Less so now, I think. But any- Bo, for, Bo is four for 25, hitting a buck 60 with runners. All right. Position. So you can still throw, you it, can at still throw it at his feet. But anytime the lineup in general is struggling, unless Vladdy is doing something outrageous, people tend to just, you, you, you do tend to lump, you tend to lump all those guys in together. So... That begs the question, because we talked about this in Blue Jays' talk yesterday. I don't want to rehash the whole history of the front office wanting Vladdy to hit second and Vladdy not wanting to hit second. But you've just presented us numbers that would suggest that even though Vladdy's expanding and and, we've talked about cutters and sliders away, cutters and sliders, all that, even though he's getting pitched differently, he is still... In a in a nine game sample size in May in May mm-hmm. he is not it's not one of those slumps where the dude's hitting one sixty or one fifty sure so my question to you is if that's the case and if Bo looks like he's come out of it three hits yesterday opposite field mm-hmm. he looks more like Bo our our point about maybe you ought to change the lineup around to because the 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 lack of hitting with runners in scoring position, should we say that shouldn't be the case now? Because one of the guys who would be affected, Bichette, is hitting, starting to hit. Another guy who would be affected, Vladdy Jr., isn't maybe as bad as we think he is. So therefore, what the hell's the point of going Springer, Guerrero, Teoscar, Bichette? Is that what... I, I think so. That that's just me. Again, this is because you were you were a proponent very early, and 
I, you know, folks you talk to, you were a proponent very early of Guerrero should hit second. And I, I still I am. I, I still am. I, I think there's a reason Aaron Judge hits second in that lineup and doesn't hit third in that lineup. Uh, I think there's a reason that teams generally like to have now, like to have their best hitter Yan- Yankees, hitting second. Yankees have a little bit more uh, <clears throat> balance in their lineup, the lefty-righty, lefty-righty, lefty-righty thing they can go with. You look at the Blue Jays. You can't really do that. You basically can get every single one of the righties out. You know, look at the lineup they had yesterday. Springer, cutter, slider away. Bo, that's like area, area code exactly. kind, of, kind of thing. Vladdy, cutter, slider away. Teoscar, cutter, slider away. Guriel, cutter, slider away. Kirk, cutter, four-seamer, elevated, slider away. Chapman, Anything. just not down the middle. <laughs> yeah. Espinall is giving you a little bit of an abat. Shows you he can use the entire field. Likes the, can get out front with a breaking ball. Can keep that fair. Tapia, whoever's hitting ninth, really doesn't matter right now. Yeah. So the point is, is I think further to your point about mixing up the lineup, I just don't think that matters right now because it's not like if I'm an opposing pitcher and I'm thinking, okay, with this at bat, I got to use my breaking ball. With this bat, I got to right. use my slider. With this at bat, I got to use an elevated fastball. Like the Yankees, you can tell one Yankee doesn't like he doesn't like the the, the off speed pitch, which is the changeup. Uh, one guy, the next guy doesn't like the breaking ball. Yeah. The next guy doesn't like the elevated fastball. The next guy doesn't like the fastball away. It's like every single time you're facing a guy, no matter if they're lefty or righty, you have to use a different pitch. This is my point getting back to would this be an easier fix? It's an obvious thing that people that are not around this team just go, well, why don't you mix up the lineup? And my question would be, what's the point? Does it change the way they're being pitched? Absolutely not. Does it bring Vladdy up a couple more times? Maybe over a week span when it matters more that his – Eight for 24 with runners in scoring position? Absolutely. But you got to have buy-in. Like, Vladdy would have to walk up. It's not the other way around. That's obvious. They've already went to Vladdy and said, hey, dude, it looks looks better, and you're coming up more times, and you're our best hitter, and we want you to be there because of how we missed the playoffs last year, and maybe this will help us get that extra game or two. Vladdy said right to their face, I don't like it. So he doesn't have buy-in. And that's the only two you're mixing up. From the fourth guy on, it it is what it is. Like, they're either going to get hot or they're not going to get hot. You're either going to be – Chapman's either going to be hitting seventh or – Does it matter right now? So, it's like – That's fair. What can you do? You know, it's – What – let's shift focus a little bit. Talk about Jose Barrios because I don't want to give him – don't want to give him short shrift. Five and a third, five earned runs, four strikeouts, uh, a walk. I think we're both on the same page here that – more often than not, if Jose Barrios pitches that type of game and gets some help from his offense, you know, particularly how they only got one run, how this lineup only got one run in that first inning, that makes you, that makes you shake your head. As Lourdes came up. Lourdes came up, and then Alejandro Kirk popped up in the first pitch. Lourdes I, is I mean, struggling. Lourdes is struggling. He mm-hmm. struck out swinging. But, again, if you had told me that this lineup would face a pitcher who – took 19 pitches to get the first out of the inning, which Jameson Tyon did yesterday, and would only score one run. I would have laughed in I'd your have face. I would have right. said that's... You would have said that's not about, that's about right no. with the way it's going oh, the way it's, No, I, at the start of the year, if you'd said, I would have uh, laughed. Yeah. I would have said, no, we're talking at least a four-run inning, sure, three-run sure. inning. Somebody's going to hit a... 
But that that wasn't the case yesterday. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, uh, Jose Barrios, did you like what you saw from Jose Barrios? He talked about his issues with left-handed batters. Seemed to be better yesterday. Yeah, lefties against him yesterday were two for nine with a walk and two Ks. That's better. Siddle did a really good job of describing that before the game about the fastball in. Why you do that is is they get a little diving out of the plate uh, uh, with Barrios. A little. He's falling in love for whatever the Yankees reason. Yankees are the every team. Sort of every team. Okay. It's, it's kind of the book is I've eliminated one part of the plate and I'm going to look on another part of the plate. I'm going to give him this because I just think consistently he can't throw it in there. And that's into a lefty. Arm slot where it's at and his delivery, for me anyway, from when I watch this and the people I talk to, it's almost, I don't want to say impossible. It's a big word. It's a wrong word. But I want to say it's a challenge for him to repeat that get it to the same slot consistently because you can picture it when he's going through it where it's at. And guys that have that sort of arm slot of that three-quarter and it's quick and it's not doesn't have a lot of length to it, like it's in and out of the zone, for me anyway, when I watch that, would tell you right out the gate that consistently can he use both sides of the plate with something. Like can I go fastball away to a guy? Can I go fastball into a guy? The same guy. With the arm slot and the way he does it mechanically, it's probably going to struggle. So if I'm a left-handed hitter and I'm walking to the plate, even if I'm Anthony Rizzo, who stands right on top of it, I'm going to go, ah, forget that, in there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, because I don't think he can get it in there. Consistently anyway. Occasionally maybe. But I'm going to look out over the plate, either spinning and if I can catch it out front, short porch and ride, especially Yankee Stadium, I can I can do some things to it. And fastball command. Coming into yesterday, they'd hit 413 off his fastball. Now, I was talking to you before the show, and you corrected me when you said morphed fastball and sinker together. I don't like that because I, I I'm talking about that was the the two seamer and the four seamer. Oh, I see. Morphed yeah, yeah, together. Yeah. That four thirteen could be a little, you know, you could look at that a couple of different ways. And what you saw yesterday, at least for me, his misses when he misses with fastball are big, non-competitive. So if you're hitting off him and you're going, you know. Right out of the hand because of his arm slot, I pick it up well Mm because it's not hidden. It's not behind his ear. It's not, you know, it doesn't get out there quick and it's up here and it's already on you. It doesn't have that little late life to it because of his arm slot. It's out there. So I can pick it up. If I'm a hitter, I can set my eyes sort of away from his body because I know it's coming from here. Mm-hmm. It's a little easier for me to pick it up out of his hand. And then, you know, he's spinning. He's trying to tunnel the, the curveball and the and the sinker. They were just big, at least early. His miss is like it's right out of the hand. Mm-hmm. I pick it up because I'm seeing it so well. And I, I take it like I know it's coming. And a lot of the times I've actually texted people that I know mm-hmm. and said, is he tipping pitches? What Two strikes, is he tipping? Or is it just easy to pick up? And I think up. it's the latter. Yeah, they, there's they a difference, a little, right, between... They they've, they've have addressed, they are always thinking, is he tipping because he faces the same team? There was a, and, and there was a time last there was a time last year, was there not, where they thought he may have been tipping Hand movement, right? It's, it's I remember the, that. It's the one the hands come, yeah. they're moving too much, they start in one place, they go another place on a breaking ball. It's a lot of movement in here. You can see now he's he's, he's setting it at the belt. Yeah. He'll raise it, but it's a consistent raise. It's, it's something that he can repeat and not have to think about all the time because he has less hand movement. It's, it's sort of smart. But yeah, all the things were good. He, he faced 22 batters through 14 strike one, which is which is a good thing. Now the one little alarming thing is all four strikeouts came first time through the order, first time through, right? right? And then after they saw it, he didn't have another punch out. Uh, Rizzo, Lemayhew, 
Kinder yeah, three, Falafa. That's right. Three That's on right. the curveball, one on the fastball. Fast Four out of the nine batters he punched out after that. He didn't have another strikeout. No, What's that didn't. tell you? Is his stuff good? Or are they just seeing it really well? And that second time through, it's, I can wait a little longer now. So if, you know, even if you're just sort of digging in, if you're Jose Barrios, after that start, you're going, well, why aren't they swinging at that? Yeah. I give him something to think about in this next start. But he gave him a chance to win. This is what I'm saying. You go to Yankee Stadium. Now, the five runs because of who came in and gave up the, you know, Richards came in and gave up the hit to Torres to yeah. right center field on the elevated fastball, which he was trying to go in and misses the spot. So the numbers, the five runs that he gave up, look a little different than he actually did. But the one thing, I think the fastball command is a little bit better yesterday. Uh, you don't abuse the breaking ball, makes the breaking ball that much better. He's a little bit better against lefties. But the strikeouts, is he a strikeout guy yeah. or is he a contact guy? I don't really know I, what he is, and I don't know if he knows what he is yet. No, I think that's – Especially in the American League. I think that's that's probably – I think that's probably a good way to describe it. I don't I don't look at him I, – I, to me, I look at Barrios as a guy – and I know we overuse the phrase workhorse, but to me, he is the guy that I know what I'm going to get by and large every time he comes out in terms of his ability to compete. Like I, that's kind of a, it could be really good or it could be one of those games where he's going to have to grind, mm-hmm. but generally he's not going to crap the bed. The khakis, what you're saying has got to be real good about where they put their defense. When he's pitching right now, you can see yeah, lots still of hard hit balls. Lots of hard and lots right of balls in play. And that's be good. I you know what I do like? <laughs> I like the pitch com with him. You could see that there was a couple of guys, and I was even texting back and forth with you while you were out there looking at the birds and having the whispering back and forth with what you're doing and smoking a cigar. I was asking the whispering. Well, the whispering, the the bird whisperer. That's sort of what you are. Now you know. I was sitting. The, the birds are. I have birds in my I got, backyard. I got it's like seven like a, bird it's feeders. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm Mary Poppins feeding the pigeons for God's sake, and they're sitting in my head. I and could, I could feeding hear off you my talk as the birds were overwhelming the phone call. It was Jesus. It's you know. It's they're they're. I forgot what I was saying. What was I talking about? I have no idea. I just you just went off into some thing about, but. The birds, which I, I I don't know. I I can't remember what you were talking about. Score more runs. Score more runs. When in doubt, score over more runs. Over seven with runners in scoring position. When in doubt, score more runs. There you go. That's all you have to say. <laughs> hey, we saw some pretty amazing base running from the Blue Jays, too. Bo Bichette failing to advance on a wild pitch that ended up, I don't know, 300 feet away from the... I don't know if the, that really mattered or not. Uh, I mean, it's easy it, to pick it, out when a, you're struggling. Well, no, but, you know, it mattered as much as uh, Alejandro Kirk getting I, picked I off first base. I didn't the like... Other day, well, you know? don't be afraid to slide. Well, but my point... No, no, but I'm saying the other day, we hammered Kirk for getting picked off first base when it was 7-1 or whatever the hell it was. Well, Bo had his head down. I don't know what the hell he was looking at. He was looking at the scoreboard or whatever. He put his head down and sort of ambled back to second base. It was a Maybe. bad look. And then Kirk gets... Kirk stumbles over the bag at second base because he didn't slide. I that see that's a worse look for me. Bo's already in scoring position. I, I I get it. That's a little bit tougher read. He put his head down. There's no excuse for it. I get that. He's already in scoring position. But you also Vladdy know up. that. I mean, he's already, I know Vladdy's yeah. Vladdy's going through a little something right now, mechanically, and he's late a lot of the time, and he's lost confidence, which going through struggles when I went through them, the confidence thing is is a little tougher to fix than the mechanics part of it. He'll get all of that 
gathering that he does, he'll get that on time. His fluition and will be more fluid. He'll, ma he'll make adjustments when it comes to that mechanics. But it's the confidence part of it. You're seeing he ain't happy Vladdy anymore. And I, I'm okay with the breaking of the bat and, and snapping it over here. I'm okay with that. Occasionally, you just got to let it out. If not, you're not going to be a good teammate. You know, how dare you not the, be a good teammate? The, the Jays also so, the Jays also kind of got Yankee stadiumed in this series, right? Yesterday, Glaber Torres, the 360-foot home run. Of course, he not. also drove in. He also drove in two more Explain runs. that. Explain to I me how know. that I, went 360 in the first row. It's math. It's math. I don't know. It's math. It, it's I, terrible I, math. I have no idea. I'm sure it has something to do with the Where how high lands. the ball goes. What I don't know. I don't. Don't ask me about it. Uh, and then the other one, Matt Chapman, a fly ball, 390 foot fly ball to the worst part of the ballpark or the deepest part of the ballpark. Um, I mean, they always used to tell me do some more curls for a game. I, yeah. Anyhow, you got that is a why I said do some more curls. You know why when you have teammates, you're going through some bad times, and they say that. It's just to sort of take your mind off of what you're going through. Uh, you know, Matt Chapman's not in a happy place either offensively. Yeah, but Matt Chapman really, is really not. But I, I keep getting 190, back to 190's not. No, but. It, that's not good. No, but if if he was hitting 220, we'd be going, that's Matt Chapman. Well, 220 mean he'd be hitting a few more balls harder, squaring some more baseballs up because you have power. Yeah, I don't Maybe even, a couple of those balls would go in the seats. That's, I just play me some defense. Run into one every now and then. So you are never allowed <clears throat> to come on this show and say that Matt Chapman left. Dada dada. Oh no, of no, 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 Yeah, because that's what you just said. No, I no, absolutely not. But I'm saying uh, he's not a guy that I'm. I'm not going to fixate on his batting average. I want home runs, doubles, and I want him to play good defense, and I'm happy with that. And, I, and to me, now, you know, I don't want to have a discussion about the ball. Jeff Passan will join us later. Maybe we can talk about that, but. If the ball isn't flying, then you have to ask yourself, there are a lot of guys in baseball who are fundamentally useless offensively. I mean, there are. If, if, if Matt Chapman can't hit home runs. Can't speak. No, but I mean, whatever. If it's more difficult for him and he he's not the only guy. adjustments of what he's swinging at. Is he good enough to do that? That's what you're asking. Anyway. Probably not. Yeah, that's a great point. There are two games over 500 going into, uh, huh. going into Tampa. How many games are you playing against Tampa? Three. I hate to say it the way I just said it, but that's the first thing I thought of is they could come away from there being under 500. Is that bad of me to say this early in the season? I mean, no. It's, what, what would be bad is if you pointed out how close the Baltimore Orioles are to them. That would be bad. I knew you'd do it. The Orioles, I knew are, I wouldn't the have Orioles to. are closer to the Jays than the Jays are to the Yankees right I now. <gasps> I'm just saying. You don't read anything into that. Though. Oh, did you see Alex Gore? Huh? Yelling an umpire last I night? I did. That's not yelling. That's like wanting to have your car towed. And you know what? The, but he like, was he was smart. Did, did you hear? Did did you see what his parting shot was? You could read the lips. It was you're better than that. You're better than that. Was his parting shot? I mean, that was it was genius because he did. He ripped. He yeah. He like, ripped into him. Yeah. And then he ended it by basically saying you're better than that, which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> now that pitch if you get a chance to see the the pitch that was calling kevin ploiecki i mean it, yeah look the but i you know this is hey again there's no offense guys are going to get the red ass early with umpires if they're not hitting if they're not scoring and now the strike zone looks like it's you know it, something from angel hernandez's wet dream where it's like that big right <laughs> 
You know, they're going to have a lot of unhappy guys if that's the case. And Cora shaved his beard, too, which is tremendous. And the Red Sox bullpen coughed it up again, Why too. wouldn't they? Well, he would have used his, he, he would have used pitching differently. Yeah. Instead of having the lead, it's a tie game, and now you're you're throwing somebody you don't want to throw. Like, it's... Well, it's the same. Listen, it, the, the, it's the same thing. It's a basis-loaded walk. Yeah, I know. I know. But it's the same thing with... with uh, well, it's not the same thing, but I was going to say, I, I think maybe with... Jimmy Garcia, the one Dan touched on this yesterday, and maybe we should have touched about on it a little more too. The one thing, you know, in addition to nobody likes to see their pitcher thrown out, it also did have an impact on Charlie's use of the bullpen, obviously, because he didn't have Garcia as long as he might want. Anyhow, um, still did, he still did have the lead with his closer in the game. Yeah. Who was throwing 94 with an 82 mile an hour slider, yeah. which is a whole different topic. Well, um, that's a big difference. I had a, a, a guy that I know who does advanced scouting for the Reds. They're coming in next week. And um, he sent me, he was doing some video work on Romano. He sent me a text before the game. He sent me a text and said, uh, out of interest, sake, is anything wrong with Romano? And I had, I had no idea what he was talking about. And then. Well, that's why I took those stats down. Because I knew you'd have that conversation. Just read those, those four lines. Jordan Romano. Chase percentage down. First pipe. Pitch strike percentage down, hard hit percentage up, exit velo up. <clears throat> I mean, I, we we uh, we had a uh, conversation with Ben Wagner in Blue Jays talk following the game yesterday, and one of the things Ben said is he had a discussion with Ross Atkins uh, in Cleveland, and one of the things that Ross told him was that. He is aware that the bullpen is, and this is Ben's word, incomplete. So, my guess is we're, my guess is we may see an, a a some sort of move in the bullpen at some point in the next two weeks if this if this continues. They they understand, and this isn't anything against Jordan Romano. Doesn't even mean Jordan doesn't even mean Jordan Romano won't be the closer. But I think they understand they need somebody else back there. They with, need somebody with, else with back the offense. There. The games you are supposed to win, you have to win. Yeah. Um, you know, the and then we can get into the whole. The, the slider velocity would scare the. Yeah, the fastball. I'm I don't with get you it. because fast. I mean, that happens. And and Andy hadn't pitched for five days, and it takes a while to get the rust off. And everybody assumes that if you haven't pitched for five days, you're going to come out and be throwing a hundred. It isn't always the case. I'm with you. The the fastball thing. Hey, that happens in the course of the year. There are going to be other outings this year. Sort of goes into play with that. And but man, with a slider. 82? Just I, you would think with a slider, my grip is what my grip is. Yeah. I've thrown it so many times yeah, that I, if I, I know I get it in a certain finish, the velocity's going to be there. Wow, that was That's scary. That what was that is. Yeah, that was more scary to me than the than I'm the fastball you. velo. Um, but anyhow, you know, we'll. It, it's. I made a point in the Cleveland series that I was a little surprised they. I, I would have had Romano pitch one of those games just because I don't like having my closer sit for four days. I, I just don't. I, I don't care what time of the year. Now it remember, is. remember. I know. Sometimes there's things we don't know. Exactly. There are sometimes there are things we don't know about whether or not a guy's completely healthy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but anytime you go four games without your closer being used, even if a couple of the games are blowouts, you just kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Uh, David Adler is a reporter with MLB.com. He's done a deep dive into why the Jays are using a four-man outfield more than any other team so far this season. Of course, the Jays are also 
shifting like crazy against right-handed batters. We'll talk to him about that. And uh, with Kevin Gossman taking the mound tomorrow against Tampa Bay, we'll take a further look at how dominant that splitter has been this season and maybe find out are there other comparable pitches in Major League Baseball. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and whenever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You really do need a coffee sponsor here because I get tired of having to hide my coffee. Seriously. Hey. You want to sponsor you're the us. leader. You're the leader of this show. You should have conversations with the people that matter the most and say, hey, I'm tired of if having to knew, lean over and hide my coffee. If you knew how much coffee gets consumed in this show. I consume more of mine in the car. So I can get fired up, come in here and. Yeah. There is no Blue Jays baseball tonight. Woo! Because there's no point in the Jays ever playing Tampa. We know how it's going to turn out. So the Jays are just punting today's game. That's not true. What do you think they're doing? Off day, you think but... they're at that billion-dollar facility trying to figure out how to lay off a breaking ball? It could be. All could jokes be. aside, you think Oh, Boffo says there's a Leaf game in Tampa. I forgot oh. about that, that hockey team. That's where they're going. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know. People in this city are... I don't know. I don't know why any of you are upset about it. The Leafs are going to win the game six three tonight. They're going to wrap up the series, and then they're going to lose the next series. So I mean, it, you know, if if you're, if, I mean, it's just it's there's no point in getting Look upset about it. what. It's just there's no point in get, getting upset about Bob it. There's I no just point gave you the number one sign. But anyhow, um, oh, you don't believe in that whole thing about jinxing, do you? I do a little. That's stupid. Uh, ask Those Alex the, Cora. He he had he had a sweet beard, and that you know it was that old man beard where it's it's a little wider here and it's it's a little darker where the Anyhow. goatee goes. He shaved that thing because he thought winning matters more than looking good. Right. So yeah, Bo Porter of MLB Network joins us in the eleven o'clock hour. Jeff Passan makes a return to the show. Yeah, welcome back. Finally tracked him down. Passan will be back at eleven thirty. Well, he is big time. Oh, he is big time. Yeah, he is. And uh, we're giveaway tickets to see the. Mariners on May 18th. Uh, if you're interested, by the way, Robbie Ray right now is listed as starting Sunday's game for the Mariners against the Mets. So he will not be pitching against the Blue Jays and this whole, you know, the vaccine thing. We'll find out one way or another whether or not if he's here, if he's here, whether or not it was an issue or wasn't an issue. I mean, you know, if if, if anybody needs anybody needs Let's to know be that. honest. If they'd added another $20 million in another year to that, he's getting that shot. Yeah, he would have got it. Let's <laughs> yeah. not lie. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an ejection. I'll give you $20 uh, million for it. Uh, our next guest, David Adler of MLB.com, did uh, an extensive article in the Jays' use of the four-man outfield, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Now, I mean, we knew we've talked about the Jays using the four-man outfield, and we've talked about how they're using it more than any other team, et cetera, et cetera. But this article is fun because it gets into something I hadn't actually thought of, and I'm going to bring David on. David, thanks for joining us on Blair and Barker today. Like, I, you know, I'm watching the games and the games on TV, and I'm seeing Santiago Espinal go out to the outfield, and I think, okay, that's kind of cute. There's four outfielders out there. But then you get into the whole thing I hadn't thought of, of communication because the regular outfielders are out there. Now they got somebody else in their turf. Um, and, you know, you, we, we use the phrase, 
you know, court awareness in basketball, there's mm. you, you really do need court awareness in the four-man outfield. Like, it's more complicated, I think, than people see it as being, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And thanks for having me on. Um, but so you, you saw, like, uh, in the article what the outfielders say, like, yeah, like George Springer, like, he, he really emphasized, you know, like, it's his job to go get the balls that are, that are in between uh, the, the real outfielder and Espinal going out there. Uh, I mean, you can see when, when the plays are in the gaps, the, the real outfielder is the one that's taking it. Like, he'll, he'll go back and catch the, mm-hmm. the tough balls. Uh, like yesterday, you saw there, Joey Gallo hit a ball uh, right at Espinal in the corner, and he made the catch. But he also, you know, like he's not—he's clearly not a natural out there. So, but he—he he, he will catch the ball. But it's—it's—it's it's, it's interesting to see like the different types of balls that get hit out there when there's a when there's a fourth outfielder and, and what they do about it. David, why did they send Santiago Espinal to right field and say not Bo or Matt Chapman? Well, so I think, you know, if you listen to what Charlie Montoya said about this, uh, he wants those guys uh, in the infield, especially like Matt Chapman on the left side where he's, he's used to playing. He, uh, Matt Chapman says he, he, he likes to be able to take the bunt away from hitters. I mean, he, you know, he has the range. He has the arm. He's basically, the, you know, you go get him before the season and you, you want him to give him some ground to cover. Mm-hmm. And then similarly with Bichette, you know, if you're playing a format outfield, it's not like a normal shift because now there's only one infielder on the on the right side besides the first baseman. So you, know, you want Bo Bichette, who's you know a rangy fielder too, to be able to, to cover that shift position. And so he he uh, went in the format outfield yesterday. He had a ball hit him by Anthony Rizzo. He made an amazing play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rizzo happened to beat it out for an infield single. But like you see Bichette, like you want you want him to you want Bichette and Chapman in the infield. You can put Espinal, kind of the more utility type of guy, in, in the outfield in the corner. Uh, David, uh, Jeff mentioned that that the Blue Jays do this more than any team in baseball. Why? Why, why are they the team that does it more than anybody else? I mean, you know, it, it always it always takes one team who's willing to to try it out. I mean, it's it's what their advanced scouts and their their front office are, are trying. I mean, they also they they have to face a lot of big, you know, lefty. Yeah hitters who hit the ball in the air a lot of you know, being in the same division as, as Gallo and, and Rizzo, uh, they're good hitters to use it against. But I mean they really do use it against a lot of a lot of different lefty lefty sluggers. Like they use it against Corey Seager when they played Texas. They use it against uh Raphael Devers uh when they play the Red Sox, so that that makes a lot of sense. Um Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker get it when when they play against the Astros. Uh, so I mean, it's it's cool to see that they're the team that that's trying it because you know it's kind of hard to evaluate how successful it is because it's such a rare form of of the shift. So you, you want, mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that the Blue Jays trying it and see what happens when they do. Yeah, it, it, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of how the Atlanta Braves last year all of a sudden went from a team that didn't shift very often to early in the year, yep. you know, to basically having to sell their players and 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 their pitchers. On shifting more, it it's it, it is it is interesting. I I mean I know the Jays are an analytically bent team, but I just I didn't see I didn't expect to see the Jays go all in on this as much as they have. And I guess it makes sense because one of the things we've talked about is the ball isn't traveling as far as it has in the past, and you've got to think that with guys still trying to swing under the ball and still trying to you know work on launch angle. A lot of those balls are going to end up in the outfield. And the one thing I've really noticed about this, David, and I'm, I'm kind of surprised other teams haven't used it more, is it, it seems to offer you the potential to cut down on doubles, even if you don't catch the ball. We've seen at least three occasions so far where the Jays have been able to hold a hitter and a, a relatively 
you know, relatively fast hitters, not not slow-footed hitters, but have been able to hold them to a single just because the outfielder didn't have to run as far to get the ball. Yeah, and the Blue Jays, they, they say that a lot. They really emphasize that, that one of the purposes of this is, is to limit extra base hits and turn those into singles. It's not, like, obviously the primary purpose is to get out by catching balls that would be extra base hits otherwise, but it's, it's a big benefit if you can hold these hitters to, to a single instead of a double. I mean, they did it with Joey Gallo in a game in the ninth inning earlier in the season, and then they turned a double play right after, and they won the game. Uh, that's you know, so obviously made, made an immediate impact there. They've done it against... Uh, Devers, uh, it, it, it's it, they're clearly they clearly have limited hitters to singles, and you know when these big hitters it, holding them to a single is, is already a win because they're they're not really for the most part like bunting through through the four outfielder shift or things like that. So if they're if they're still swinging hard and hitting these these balls down the right field line and the fourth outfielder gets to it fast, and that hitter now only has a single, that, that's a that's a big win. David, I, I know when, when uh, the Blue Jays signed Kevin Gosman, I was thinking, man, I can't wait to see what that split finger looks like and see how some really good hitters in the American League East react to that pitch. Well, we've seen the reaction. It ain't real good. They don't really have a chance of trying to put it in play. What have you seen? What have you liked? And what do you, have you heard from the league about that split finger that he throws? Yeah, I mean, his, his splitter is the best chase pitch in baseball right now. It's, it's amazing. The hitters just cannot lay off of it. Uh, they're, they're chasing his splitter two-thirds of the time when he throws it outside the strike zone, which is insane. Two out of every three, two out of every three pitches he throws outside the zone, the, the hitter swings. And that's uh, just the, the highest chase rate on any individual pitch in baseball. And, you know, it's ahead of pitches like, you know, Edwin Diaz's slider and, you know, a bunch of other, you know, Corbin Burns' curveball, things like that. Uh, I mean, he's getting... You know, tons of strikeouts on the splitter. Thirty-two strikeouts already on a splitter this season. Um, you know, hitters are batting one one twenty-five against it, uh, swinging and missing, and almost half their swings against it. You look at the pitch heat map; it's just like perfectly spotted up, right, like right below the corner of the zone. Uh, and uses it so well with his with his four-seam fastball. You know, you can talk about pitch tunneling, making two pitches look the same, and then you know they split apart. He throws the fastball. He throws the split, splitter. It comes at the hitter looks exactly like the fastball and then, you know, drops out 20 extra inches. So it's just a nasty pitch, really fun to watch. David, I'm wondering, we've just seen the uh, Yankees for two games and we know their bullpen relies on, on the sinker a, a lot um, by design. We know that Kevin Gossman, we've talked about his splitter. I know the Jays have talked about, uh, you know, Alec Manoa has talked about sort of wanting to develop it a little more. Do you think we are are going to see, I'm not going to say the rebirth of the splitter or the fork ball or, or whatever, because it's still being thrown, but do you think that we may see increased usage of, of that pitch uh, over the next couple of years? I mean, I think sure you might. Um, you know, it was kind of like uncommon, but now, you know, now some pitchers are throwing really good ones. You know, Otani, obviously, Gossman, uh, Frankie Montas, like, so if, if especially you know maybe if more pitchers come over from from Japan who are already throwing it as a big part of you know like the, the, I think the splitter went out of style from what I understand because there was like concern that it led to uh, arm injuries mm-hmm. and and I think now, now that uh, you know it's kind of coming back you know with some pitchers who throw really great splitters maybe that's you know a pitch that will be in in the pipeline more often especially because it works so well with with the four seamer. David, really good of you to join us today. Thanks so much. Terrific article. Thanks, David. Yeah, thanks for having me.
Take care. That's David Adler of MLB.com. A really good article on the format. Like, like I said, mm-hmm. I just you you realize, and, and you know, David talked to everybody involved, Espinal and and Springer and Mark Budzinski and Matt Chapman, and, and you do realize that it's not simply a matter of just here get out there. It does create not issues, but it it's it's a wrinkle. Even George Springer says that. I like to be told before the game, hey, we are going to use a four-man outfield against this guy and against this guy. He doesn't like having it dropped on him all of a sudden. you got to have the personnel to do it. You know, it, it's it's a little bit of that, if you have the four-man outfield and you, and you take Santiago Espinal and you put him closer to the right field line, where you're going to take that right fielder and put him in the gap. The gap is a little bit different angle than playing straight mm-hmm. up right field. So that's something else you got to worry about. Like, how's your jumps going to look? How's your route running going to act like you could be that you i would think it'd be, snake route. it'd be it'd harder, harder for the right fielder than the left fielder would it or does it depend on whether uh, it's a lefty righty at, well that depends on how much you're shifting around so okay. you're probably going to put that left fielder a little bit closer to the left field line which almost takes him out of the play it really does because right. most of the time you're trying to take away the gap right and the right field line you got a big lefty up who's a pull hitter, so you're tra- trying to take away the gap and the right field line. So it puts more emphasis on the guy playing down the right field line to keep, if it is a single, that guy on first base. So you have to have a strong arm, an accurate arm to hit the cutoff guy. And, oh, by the way, we talk about Matt Chapman. When I mention the personnel, you got to have a guy that can roam around and say, I got the whole left side of the infield taken care of. You guys worry about that side. Yeah, I, you know? that's why I've said I think Matt Chapman is, is – uh... I, Matt Chapman is is a defensive weapon. He is, and I think he gives the Jays a lot of freedom to do stuff. They wouldn't be doing this if nope. they didn't have Matt Chapman at third but base. But it's okay they to would. hit a little higher than 190. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, That's okay. I, I get that. If you want to. I get that. There, It's weird. There are guys I just don't worry about. I, I don't oh, know I why it is. I, there's always, there are guys I've covered or teams that I've covered. There have always been guys I don't worry about. Yeah. And it is remarkable how often at the end of the year, I'm just saying this, this is You're a 230 hitter, to you're a 230 hitter at the end it's of the season. It's remarkable at the end of the year how much when you look at a guy, very seldom do you go, wow, I completely misread that guy. Very seldom. Very seldom does it happen if you've watched baseball. I don't. I don't think Very it's seldom. fair because he's such a great defender that you try and say, "Well, he should be a great offensive player this too." Is, yeah. I, I sort of have fallen into a little bit of that. That's why I've called around. I really don't even know how to talk about him. And you know me, I like to yeah. to say it before it actually happens because I do my homework. I want. Yeah. I want to, to call people that have seen it firsthand a little bit more than I have. And the word that I've gotten from people in Oakland that I've called and had conversations with, when he's good, he's really good. When he's bad. He's really bad, and there's no in-between no in offensively. It's not like he's going to choke up and go one for four with a base little old base hit to ride. No, it's consistent low for fours. And But he does, doesn't matter what he's doing at the plate, the defense is. He's and, platinum and, goal winner and, at, and, at, and, on and the defensive side. But, again, that's your point. It's frustrating thing, it when is. there's a big gap between what a, a guy does on the field gap. and at the plate. That is, it's hard to talk about. Like, how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you talk about a guy that – if it ain't down the middle, he ain't gonna give you a ton. Like it's just, how do you, how how do you how do you have conversation? Because he's a big he's a big deal. Where he hits, who gets on in front of him. If Florida starts getting on base, yeah. now a lot of it's gonna be put on Matt Chapman to come up with two outs with runners in scoring position and and have better at bats. And can he? That's the question. I got a uh, I got a pair of tickets right here to give away. 
to a game between the Mariners and the Jays at the Rogers Center on May 18th. Uh, we all year long will be giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets right here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen on the radio, on the podcast, or on television. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question. Text it to 595-90, and uh, we will have tickets to give away every week. Tuesday, we asked you which Mariners pitcher holds the team record for most all-time strikeouts. We all would have got it was Felix, Felix Hernandez. We would have got that. Today's question, I... You ain't getting it. I ain't getting it. Mm-mm. No. Play it. Yeah, I'm not getting it. <laughs> Today's question to win tickets to the Jays Mariners down at the Rogers Center on Wednesday, May 18th. Question, who holds the Mariners franchise record, single season record for runs scored? Again, the question is, who holds the Mariners franchise single season record for runs scored? Text the answer to 595.90 for your shot to win. You can see contest rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. And uh, again, we'll have more tickets to give away next week. I'll repeat the question. It's for tickets to see the Jays Mariners on May 18th. Who holds the Mariners franchise single season record for runs scored? I would not have. I would have gotten it eventually. Well, I had to look it up to get it. You can yeah, look it up. Uh, yeah. But- I, I would have taken two guesses. The first two guesses would have been wrong. I'll just tell you that right now. Good question. That's that's making, there a bunch making, of, making people think a little. I guarantee you there are a bunch of people who don't even remember. I'm not going to say anymore. Mm. I'm not going to say anymore. Uh, Bo Porter, Jeff Passan in the next hour. Barker's back leg bits. Again, DM us with questions. SN Jeff Blair is my uh, Twitter handle. Don't just attach it at the bottom because I don't read the replies. Um, I don't. So uh, DMs are open, and um, yeah, and we'll get you on. We've got a we've we've got a, a lot of questions for Barker today, uh, managerial related questions, nice. umpire related questions. Ooh. Chris Halliday, I'm going to put this out here right now. Chris Halliday, you're just uh, you you brought a tear to my eye. Um, it really has. Some people believe a cardinal is a loved one visiting you. Don't let Barker talk you out of enjoying it. I, I'm, so there by you no go. means so you're, was you're I hatred, trying to do that. Hatred just, for the cardinal. It's not hatred. The cardinal. There was a lot of them. The majestic it cardinal. Was, it was like every every single one of them was at your house. They're at like, the exact I, I same time that it. I was calling. Birds like our how backyard. Many, There's how tons many bird of feeders do you have in that don't yard? have any bird feeders. It's just it's the biodiversity oh, of the place. It's There's all lots, the happiness that's oozing out of that house. There's lots of stuff growing back there that they happen to like. And there's, uh, a, there's, yeah. there's a bird bath. We've got a nice little bird bath for them. I like birds. What can I say? I've always had a pet uh, bird. I, I like birds. I was just shocked that you were shocked that the female cardinal was green. I was more shocked that you knew it. Right, like as soon as I, I was I looking said at one. I mean, they're in my. I was looking I, at one when you were talking. I thought I was going to stump and you and say, "What color is it?" And like, you're like, "Yeah, it's, it's yellow." That's the female. I'm like, no, what? No, I said it was green. You're the one that oh, thinks every cardinal is red just because of the damn uniform the St. Louis Cardinals wear. Maybe they should have put a green cardinal on with the red cardinal. Maybe. You know, maybe it all gets back to that. The St. Louis Cardinals have created a false perception of the, mag- of, of the majestic cardinal. Uh, yeah. They're great birds. They are spectacular birds. They have a, they have a tremendous sound. Yeah. They do. But I, I think you really... There could have been some robins in, in there, too. 
There were definitely chickadees. It could have been robins. I think robins are overrated as birds, personally. But anyhow, um, there's no blue jays there. There were no blue jays. No. No. No, there were no blue jays. Uh, you can insert the joke uh, there. But anyhow, so there you go. We've had a lot of discussion. Chris Halliday, thank you for uh, for sharing that. So, mm-hmm. Barker, the next time, don't be don't be crapping on cardinals. It may be a loved one it's coming not, to visit. It's not a crap. It's a discussion yeah, that I was having. What I but I, I wanted some insight. You were, a and that's the first time that I've actually asked a question to to a question that I didn't know the answer to. That you actually gave it to me. Like I, you, but you, you didn't believe you me. I didn't. <laughs> you had to look it up. And it, hey, guys in there, are you guys surprised? Did you? Everybody knew that. Mark Lance. Oh, what are, what are they going to say? You guys knew that the you just car- called them out by name. No, no, no. What's Lance going to go? No, I'm, you all I knew that the that. female cardinal was green, right? They did not. Boffo didn't, but Boffo's a city kid. Boffo's a city kid. Boffo hasn't seen a bird for like for thirty years. Uh, Hal, what about you? Green, you knew everything. Oh, see, they come knew that. on, save it. He knew that. You're calling them out by name. What are they going to say? No, nah, well, Mark, I'm, Mark I'm, said I no. I know he said yes. You threw him on the bus. No, Mark said no. He, he admitted that he didn't know oh, that the go. female cardinal was green. Anyhow. Uh, Bo Porter is an MLB network analyst. He will join us. Jeff Passan as well. He'll be all. I know Passan knows that a cardinal's green. Guarantee you he knows that. And uh, we'll have Barker's back leg bits. It is Blair and Barker. On Sportsnet 590, The Fan, on Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast.